Hello, my children, and welcome to March, which I am told is Women's History Month. So I am so thrilled. And in this Women's History Month, I would like to point out that after the most racially and gender diverse Democratic primary ever, the three front runners in the race have now been reduced to two. And the two front runners for the Democratic nomination for President of the United States are Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Two very, 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 very old white men. So, how did we get from a race where there was Kamala Harris, a black woman, Stacey Abrams, a black woman, possibly, uh, Andrew Yang, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, women, black men, women of color, all the way down to status quo, two white, old men. I feel like the system always protects itself and always course corrects. Always. I would like to point out that there was a severe media blackout of Elizabeth Warren. This is not a conspiracy theory over the weekend. Uh, right after Super Tuesday, Elizabeth Warren had 11% of the votes, of the primary votes, um, which tied her with Steyer and then tied her in some places with Bernie Sanders. Uh, pardon me, not Bernie Sanders, pardon me, Mike Bloomberg. Uh, and yet they didn't talk about her. They were still talking about Bloomberg, Sanders, and Biden, and they would not mention Elizabeth Warren's name. But they were talking about Bloomberg a lot. She had a media blackout that contributed to her not getting a lot of the primary votes. I was just listening to a political roundtable on the radio, and they were talking about Tom Steyer uh, addressing reparations for black people and didn't even mention the fact that Elizabeth Warren has been talking about reparations for a very long time. So I think that's interesting to note. We always need to look at the performance of gender, the performance of race, the actual doing of things. That's uh, one of my governing questions is always around performance studies. How it intersects with all of our being, how things perform in society and the doing of gender. And that's really part of it. And the system has course corrected after this diverse candidate pool to give us two white men two old white men, again, two establishment white men. I know Bernie Sanders likes to present himself as anti-establishment, but please tell me how you can be an old, white, millionaire, cisgender male who's been in politics since 1971, but be anti-establishment. How are you anti-establishment and a millionaire? It does not compute. You can be progressive, but you cannot call yourself anti-establishment If you have made over a million dollars under capitalism, there's no way. It literally does not compute. There's also an issue. I mean, we get to Biden and uh, 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 the 90s crime bills and what he did to Professor Anita Hill. And Biden is also has a lot of problems. But Bernie Sanders has a gun control issue problem. His, His votes on... Uh, not limiting uh, his, his anti-votes on gun control, um, his bizarre history with comments on race. I mean, Bernie Sanders 
is very problematic, as is Joe Biden. They're both problematic. Um, but I digress. My point is, in Women's History Month, I want us to focus on the fact that we had a lot of women running for the primary, and they're all out of the race. They're all gone. Uh, which means that women also did not vote for Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren. So we can talk about that again. I mean, we know that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but lost the Electoral College due to 53% of white women who voted against her. So it looks like those white women are added again because they certainly didn't give their uh, delegate votes to either Warren or Klobuchar. They voted for Biden and Sanders. So, ladies, the internal misogyny, stop it. The country as a whole, the racism, the misogyny, stop it. Kamala Harris should have still been a viable candidate. She had to drop out because she ran out of money a long time ago. And that also means that the HBCU is not off the hook. The Divine Nine is not off the hook. Alpha Kappa Alpha. Omegas. Kappas. Sigmas. Where are the Deltas? Where are y'all at? You had an AKA in the race and she ran out of money. How does that make sense? Huh? How, Sway? How? Make it make sense now. So we have a lot of issues to talk about, but that really struck me today that during Women's History Month, we have two men as the viable candidates left for the top of the ticket in the primary. Now, let me tell you that both Bernie Sanders and Biden would be absolute fools to not either have Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, or Stacey Abrams as their VP. They better pick one of these women as their vice president. That's all I got to say about that. She'd be the first vice president. Uh, that better happen. It better happen. Period. We got to talk about something, people. We got to talk about that trash-ass show, Undercover Boss. And I thought about it this morning because I saw a clip that went viral from the news. It was on my Twitter feed about a young young man. He's actually an older man. A black man in Tennessee who is a custodian. And the white teachers at the school put up a GoFundMe page to raise him $10,000 to be able to afford a car. Because apparently the man who looks like he's 70 years old, who cleans at school every day, takes three buses and has to walk three miles every day to get to school and back. My first thought was, how fucking low a pay rate are they paying this 70-year-old black man to clean that dirty-ass school if in 12 months of working there, he can't afford a $5,000 used car, right? So it's not about giving him a handout. It's about giving him what he is due. Run me my money, bitch. Pay the man what he should be getting an hour, and he can afford his own car. No, they give him a one-time gift that he's going to be taxed on, I would assume. So I don't know how he's going to afford the taxes on this $10,000 gift because they said the the GoFundMe has gotten up to $10,000. So how can this man who cannot afford a $5,000 used car 
going to be able to afford the taxes on a $10,000 monetary gift from GoFundMe. They don't give a shit about that because there was no mention about raising his pay. And that made me think of Undercover Boss because that show always did the same thing. Now, it starts out good. It starts out lovely because this CEO who is out of touch has to learn what it's like to flip a burger, to mop a floor, to, you know empty the garbage to handle the disgusting customers because let me tell you i have worked fast food i'm an assistant professor now honey but i have worked at mcdonald's i have worked at burger king i've been a dishwasher at max and Irma's, and i am proud of it because i remember what it was like that is the hardest work ever people are disgusting the average day joe out there joe the plumber is an asshole they think you are a slave you're almost being paid slave wages, you know, less than, I mean, it's bad. (laughs) My enslaved brothers and sisters were not paid, so let me not make that hyperbole, but however, the amount of money you're being paid for hour, you might as well not be getting paid, because once taxes are taken out of what you're making on minimum wage, it's like you're not getting paid to work, right? People talk to you any kind of way, they talk to you crazy, they want to fight you, you've seen the viral videos online of people fighting McDonald's workers, like, you're not paid enough money to deal with the insanity of fast food. So it's a hellhole. So it starts out nice in in a good place, I think, because the CEOs find out at Subway, if you're not familiar with the show, they go to a famous place that profiles a famous business like Subway. And they go to a CEO in Subway and they dress him up, him or her up, in some kind of disguise that usually looks insane. Um... And they make them go in as like undercover, as like a as a new person applying for the job, and they get trained by several people at the business, and they're told they're filming a documentary on you know fast food work or something, so they don't wonder why the cameras are there. Now the cat's out of the bag. I think the show is over now because everyone knows about the show now. So when it first came on, it probably worked, and people were probably fooled. Um, and and they, and they get they do get to hear stories from people because they'll always have this scene where one of the workers says, "Yeah, my life is really rough, and you know I'm not paid enough money, so I can't afford." They don't offer health insurance because they're only they don't give us enough hours to meet the full time work hour for the Affordable Care Act. Because remember, all these companies that are owned by Republicans made sure to cut people's hours, like the devil Papa John Schnatter did. They cut everyone's hours so they don't meet the minimum requirement to get insurance under the Affordable Care Act. So I can't get insurance, but I can't afford to pay for insurance with how little they pay me. So they hear all these stories and they're supposed to learn and grow as human beings. And then there's always the end where they do the reveal. And uh, before they get to the end, you have a little moment of fun because they always, you know, the CEO who makes millions of dollars a year is putting out trash and is putting their hands in garbage and mopping floors, like I said. And they're doing the menial tasks that they've never done in their life before because they usually come from the 1%. They've had maids most of their lives. So that's fun for us to see as normal human beings. And it's fun for the workers to see once they find out who the person was because they always have this moment at the end after they've been revealed well, they have a. Uh, they call the people in one by one to their office and reveal that they were the worker, and then they have to act surprised because I'm pretty sure they're in on it. But they have to act surprised, and this is where the show pisses me off. Because the undercover boss, who is this multimillionaire tycoon, 
is supposed to then be the Wizard of Oz and address every particular need that person expressed to them. And they get to be Santa Claus, right? Almost two or one, they give somebody a gift and not a hand up. They give them a handout and not a hand up. Meaning, if the person can't afford to pay for school, they will give them a year of college tuition. Okay, what are they going to do for year two, is my question. Uh, if the person is having to take a lot of buses to work, they will give them a year, a, a gift certificate for a year of lift. Okay. Uh, how, what are they going to do if the year lift runs out? Do you see what I'm saying? What they almost never do. I mean, I haven't seen it. I have, clearly have not seen every episode of this show, so I, don't, I can't say for sure. But I, I have yet to see an episode where they actually said, we are going to raise your salary $10 an hour. I'm raising your salary $5 an hour. So you can afford to pay for school on your own. Or so you can afford the health insurance. Or so you can get a used car and you don't have to drive, you know, you don't have to get on four buses to come here and walk three miles. Um, I'm going to pay you $10 more an hour so that you can afford health care. Or make the actual change, which would be income, addressing income inequality and saying, I'm raising the rates for everybody here five dollars at the company because you giving this one-time gift to this person not only doesn't help them in the long run their only short-term fixes is my is my problem and my issue so that it becomes a it becomes a white savior fairy godmother type um i'm going to help you this one time but systemically it does nothing you know sure they get oh they'll give them something absurd like a trip to disney world for a break well they're going to fucking spend money at Disney World that they don't have to spend. And they're going to come back to the same job where they can't afford health care. That trip to Disney World is not giving them health care, sis. Take that money from the trip to Disney World and increase their fucking salary so they can take care of themselves. And so it's really the undercover, bo- the undercover boss show does nothing but make rich people feel better and doesn't uplift the poor people that it pretends to uplift and that's the kind of subterfuge that's going on that pisses me off hello my children pardon me i'm going to read to you the prevention and treatment guidelines from the centers for disease control and prevention website coronavirus disease 2019 covid-19 prevention There is currently no vaccine to prevent coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. The best way to prevent illness is to avoid being exposed to this virus. However, as a reminder, CDC always recommends everyday preventative actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases, including bullet point one, avoid close contact with people who are sick. Bullet point two, avoid touching your eyes nose and mouth. Bullet point three, stay home when you are sick. Bullet point four, cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue, then throw the tissue in the trash. Bullet point five, clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces using a regular household cleaning spray or wipe. Bullet point six, follow CDC's recommendations for using a face mask. 
CDC does not recommend that people who are well wear a face mask to protect themselves from respiratory diseases, including COVID-19. Face masks should be used by people who show symptoms of COVID-19 to help prevent the spread of the disease to others. The use of face masks is also crucial for health workers and people who are taking care of someone in close settings at home or in a healthcare facility. The last bullet point, wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after going to the bathroom, before eating, and after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. If soap and water are not readily available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. Always wash hands with soap and water if hands are visibly dirty. Treatment. There is no specific antiviral treatment recommended for COVID-19. People with COVID-19 should receive supportive care to help relieve symptoms. For severe cases, treatment should include care to support vital organ functions. People who think they may have been exposed to COVID-19 should contact their healthcare provider immediately. That's from the CDC. If you go to look at how to prevent the flu, the prevention um, guidelines are pretty much the same. Wash your hands, stay away from people who are ill, cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze into your elbow, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, rest, drink lots of water, hydrate, etc. So really to prevent uh, the coronavirus from spreading, you should follow the same procedures you that you should be following for the common cold or the flu. Wipe down surfaces and wash your hands. We don't get up in arms like this over the flu. The flu kills millions of people a year, but we don't get up in arms over the flu like this. I wonder why. Why is that? Why is there all this fear mongering around COVID-19? It's kind of suspect. Kind of suspect. really suspect to me. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist in general. Uh, However, when I look at the uh, reports from the Centers for Disease Control about the flu in 2018-2019, 42.9 million people got sick with the flu during the 2018-2019 season. 647,000 people were hospitalized and 61,200 people died from the flu. The CDC's estimates for 2017-2018 had 80,000 deaths, specifically 79,400, so I'm running that up to 80,000. I know it's 79.4, so I shouldn't round up, but 80,000 people died from the flu in 2018 Much fewer, 62,000 died, 61,200 died of the flu in 2018-2019. So we have thousands of deaths from the flu every year, but we don't get into this uproar. It is just as easily um, transmitted. You touch a surface that someone with the flu has coughed on, you're going to get the flu, just like coronavirus. So follow your same flu procedures, I think this is being overblown, and I think it's for a political reason.
So you can call me a conspiracy theorist if you want to, but isolation, being alone, not shaking hands, which is what they're telling people to do now in the zeitgeist. It's not from the CDC, but in the zeitgeist, healthcare professionals are saying, don't shake hands, fist bump, or put your hand over your heart, and don't congregate in large spaces, avoid people who are sick. Well, what if you're on a plane? You can't avoid somebody sick on a plane. So that prohibits travel. And to that point, a lot of universities are canceling conferences, forbidding their faculty to travel. I'm tenure track. I have to travel to present at conferences, to present papers for publication for tenure track. Like that's what I have to do as part of my job. It's also spreading goodwill from the university. It's spreading the name of the university around that you're producing new research for the department, for the school. It's great. That's what you want to see. That's what you're supposed to do as part of your job. So now that we're um, trying to dissuade people from traveling and trying to, some places are banning people from traveling, that's going to isolate people even more. People get more depressed when they isolate. There's data and studies out there, your Google ain't broke, look it up yourself, that prove that endorphin levels increase when you hug someone, when you touch someone, when you kiss someone. Uh, it's good for your immune system. It boosts your immune system. We are more depressed than ever. Isolating and siloing yourself only increases division and fear, and that helps 45. I'm not saying that the coronavirus is real. It is real. I believe in science. I'm an academic. What I'm saying is this seems very conveniently planned. We have an election coming up in November. We know we are stronger together as a democracy. We need to unite instead of separate. And all of a sudden, this virus comes out of nowhere that is prompting our government to tell us to stay indoors, shut yourself up, be alone, isolate, be afraid of the other, don't touch people, don't kiss people, don't hug people. <laughs> as a minority, as a Black person, you can go through history, Google the Tuskegee experiment and read what that's about. And you'll see why as a black man, I am suspect when the government says things like this. The government has lied to us before. I'm just putting that out there. Like I said, I don't think that the coronavirus is not real. I just think that this timing is really interesting. Really, really interesting. Maybe it is germ warfare. I have no idea. But what I will say is, Wash your hands. Be careful of the surfaces you touch. But do not stop hugging people. Do not stop kissing people on the cheek. Share, love, embrace people. We are stronger together. Okay? Just wash your hands with soap and water. Okay? Cover your mouth when you cough with your elbow. Okay? Wipe down surfaces, carry around Lysol, spray doorknobs, etc. But you don't need to panic and freak out. That doesn't help anybody. And all it does is help conservatism. Please keep loving people. Spread the love. Take care. The Great Flood has spoken.